Hello guys and welcome to Fiat Lux. Today on the show we have G Sovereignty from the Nostrovia podcast. We're going to talk about Nostra, the Nostra community and the wider decentralized social media ecosystem. So welcome G Sovereignty to Fiat Lux. Great to be here. I'm, I'm glad to have you. Yeah, this was a really interesting topic. Uh, and I, I have to admit, I don't know too much about it. So um, I'm excited to learn a little more about Nostra and, and what's going on over there. Um, so I guess the first question, uh, maybe we should start from the beginning. Maybe how did you get into Nostra? So I, uh, I've been in Bitcoin for quite a number of years and, um, um, and more recently into sort of watching like what's happening with the lightning network. Um, and one of my, one of my friends, um, who's also in, in lightning, uh, was like, this guy called Fiat Jeff has, he made a, um, a lightning tip bot for telegram and stuff like a LNTX bot. Um, and, and she was like, ah, he, he's made this, this really cool looking protocol for decentralized social media. Like it looks, looks like it could be actually really good. Um, that was about a year and a half ago, I guess. Uh, and I had a look at that. <clears throat> I'll look at the actual protocol itself. And, um, and I was like, yeah, this looks, this looks pretty good because it's, it's very simple. Uh, it's very easy to understand. And, um, like for a developer to, to use it, it's very easy to use. Um, uh, and the, the sort of potential emergent properties of this very simple solution are in- incredible. Um, but, but that's not what was that, that was sort of, okay. So I like, I looked at it back then. I was like, Hey, cool. This looks good. Um, but there was, what, there was not, no one really involved. Um, there's like three people or something. I don't know. There's very few people involved. And then I looked at it again, like six months after that and the community had grown. And there was like, like a few hundred people in the telegram group and everyone in there was a developer. And the, the, the thing that really got me to pay attention was just the community because all these developers just doing stuff that they want to do. Um, and we're, with with like so much energy um the feel of that community at least at, at that point in time was really really similar to the early bitcoin community um and also sort of reminded me of the of the linux community sort of in in the late 90s um when i was sort of dabbling in that and um so i was like i immediately recognized like this is this is this is going to be something because, because of the, the people involved, um, not, not nothing about the actual people involved, but just like, because of the type of people who are involved and the way they think, um, like you just get that feeling about this community. So it's like, this is, this is going somewhere like this is going to work. Um, yeah. So that was sort of, at that point, that's when I decided to start getting involved and, and start working, like building things on top of it. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. I like that that um, idea as well of, of like things kind of, um, you know, springing out of uh, of the sort of the, the chaos or the, um, or what was the term that you used? Um, it's an, the evolutionary term where it's... Uh, I am emergent. Uh, emergent of. properties. That's it. Yeah, because yeah, people talk about like consciousness as an emergent property, you know. And yeah. I think that's um, that's definitely a really interesting kind of uh, side to the kind of like open source 
software ecosystem and um you know like you talked about like simplicity and when you can sort of build on top of things and almost use them like lego bricks you know that's uh i, I really like that concept um so now i mean now we've we've talked a little bit about how you got into nostr um and maybe we should explain for uh you know the viewers like what what is nostr why why should people care about nostr what is it um and and why 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 should they look at it? Why should they move over from you know Twitter, Facebook, you know whatever kind of social media? What, what what's Nostr? Why is it useful? The the main I guess the so fundamentally what it is 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 just a a it's a reversal of the so you know how like the current the sort of traditional way things work is you have a client and a server and um, uh, the client is dumb. And the server is smart, and the server stores all your data. It, it does all the state transitions. It it at um it's the source of truth that the client refers to. Um, so this flips it the other way around. The the client is what does all the work, and the server, which is in Nostr, we just call it a relay. Um, it's dumb. It doesn't do anything. All it does is it it stores events and events are just data so it stores data and it gives you back that data when you ask for it uh, and the clients do everything else um, so all the data that, that are stored on that's stored on on relays is uh it's signed by the creator's public key so i should probably go back a little bit further actually so nostra is fundamentally built around uh, the concept of public private key. So you have your, your. I'm, I'm pretty sure your audience would, would know like public private key pair, like uh, uh, it's how Bitcoin addresses work and all this stuff. So, so uh, maybe your... maybe just, just to explain, yeah, just the difference between a, a public, just the simple, the layman's, what, what is a public key and what is a private key? So a private key is uh, a, a, you generate a random, a random number and then, and then that's the that's like your your password, um, and then your public key is is your, like your public identity that's associated with that random number. So I can prove that um, anything that I sign with that private key is um, uh, like you only need my public key to 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 know that I've signed it with my private key. So it's just proof that I signed something really. Um, so you have your, so with a Bitcoin address, for example, you have your, your private key, um, and you have your public address. So it's basically the same, the same concept. Uh, so, so everyone can see a public address, uh, but you can only spend coins with, by using your private key, which is the random number. Um, so Nostr uses the same thing. You have, um, you generate a private key, just literally generating a random number, um, and then you derive your public address, your your public key, uh, from that random data, and that's the thing you give to everybody else. So anything you publish, it it's published as your public key, uh, and and it can't be forged. So like anything you publish, it's only from you. Um, so you're not relying on like a server or something to say this was from you. It's the data itself says that. So I think basically the the key. Um, the key takeaway is uh, uh, in in Nostr the the data all the Nostr in data 
like everything is all signed by someone's private key, uh, which means you can see the public, like what public key that is. Essentially, for, from your from the user's perspective, it's like you only care about their public key. You don't care about their private key. The only reason you care about their private key is because that's how they prove that 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 they've signed it. Um, but essentially, what you see is all the data has come from a public key and someone owns that public key and someone can prove that they own that public key. So it doesn't matter what the server says. And in in this case, the server is, is a relay. Um, your client is going to verify that that data was produced by that public key. Um, and then so if you follow someone, you're following their public key. And then you can see all the events, all the messages that they've produced. Um, and, and your client can verify that regardless of what the server says. So like with Facebook or Twitter or something, the front end is just saying, well, the server says that this guy wrote that message. So this guy wrote that message, but you have no idea whether that guy wrote that message. Facebook could be making making that up and I wouldn't put that past them. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, so this is, that's one, that's one sort of aspect of Nostra that's, it's not particularly new or, or, or a special technology. It's very standard. It's like been around probably since well, forever, really. Um, but what's interesting is just the way that the architecture where this dumb relay architecture, um, that's, that's the interesting part. That's the difference. So, um, uh, what you're doing is like, imagine like if, if Twitter, you could, you could view Twitter as like similar to Nostr, except that there's only one relay and that's the Twitter servers, uh, and you trust them. Right. Um, so if, if like, if you have a, you have a, you have your Twitter followers, um, if Twitter decides to ban you, that's it. Like. They can't get your messages anywhere else. They can't subscribe to another Twitter server to get the messages, like another Twitter server that didn't ban you. Um, but with Nostra, you can. With Nostra, you just have, okay, if this relay bans you, it doesn't matter because there's heaps of other relays and your followers can find you on any of them. Um, so you can bring you, your data just, uh, is, is this going to route around any kind of issues that, like censorship issues or anything like that. Um. So that's that's maybe um, an interesting point to to kind of uh, go into, uh, and that is that because um, you mentioned this this sort of difference between um, Twitter and 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 Nostra relays and how you know Twitter is basically one one big relay. Um, one of the interesting aspects of decentralized social media um, that that I've seen. Um, and it isn't isn't a feature across all decentralized social media, but um, for the, for the most part, this seems to be what people are into, um, and that's the way that you can kind of carry your data with you, or your profile, or or the messages that you send to people, your your interactions with people, um, and I think that that relates to this kind of user uh, server interaction, right? Like so, for example, uh, it also relates to the public private key. So on Facebook, uh, essentially, they store your data, right? So you have to have a, a username and a password. And 
you're on this end, here's you, here's Facebook, and you have to ask them for permission to access your data on their servers, right? With this kind of stuff, you're talking about public-private keys and decentralization and relays and nodes and things like that. It, essentially, the power dynamic is flipped. So the data is yours, and then you kind of connect to their service that then that's why you're able to sort of um kind of like take your your stuff with you because you own it right you don't have to ask permission to move to a different platform and to me i think that's one of the fundamental differences um and i think it's also a sort of like a side effect this is something that like a, a, you know i think that just a general audience will be interested in um the cool thing about having like a private key is that you don't have to remember your Facebook login, your Twitter login, you know, your TikTok, your, your this, your that, you know, it's, it, you have your private key and you can take your identity or your, your data with you to these other platforms. And that's extremely liberating, right? It's, you know, it, it, not only is it efficient, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't consume as much time. You don't have to remember as much. Um, it's just more fundamentally free. You know, it's it's like it's it's your data, it's your profile, it's your identity. If you want to migrate that somewhere else, you're free to do that. And I think that's that's um, one of the things that really interests me about decentralized social media and and Noster in general. Um, so I think uh, maybe the the next question uh, I want to ask, um, we have touched on it a little bit. How do you think? Um, you you've talked about you know the the difference in. Uh, social media like like current centralized social media um so what are some of the main benefits uh apart from maybe the one i just i just mentioned um and also censorship resistance uh what, what are some other benefits that nostra provides so you mentioned simplicity earlier maybe maybe you could talk a bit a little bit about like the simplicity and, and how you can you can build on top of things yeah, so if, like from a developer perspective, um, the simplicity is key. It's really key. So um, it's just a, it's really just a message standard. Um, it's like a, like if you, if you, it's you could look at it another way, which is that it's a peer-to-peer -peer network, um, where you don't need to know the IP address of your peers, and you don't need to be online at the same time as your peers but you can you can have a full interaction with them um so as a developer it's like it's it makes things very very easy so you publish a bunch of messages um it looks to me like you're sending them to me from my from my uh, uh, through the development developer experience like it's like it's like your your nostra client is sending messages straight to my nostra client that's the way it, it feels like to the developer, um, which previously, like that's not really, that's not been possible because we need an actual connection to each other. Um, but this this concept of bouncing messages off relays instead um, and having sort of just arbitrary numbers of relays and arbitrary ways, ways of accessing them, that's what gives us this thing where like, I don't care if you're online at the same time as me. It doesn't make any difference. Um, uh, so that's that opens up like a whole lot of, of flexibility, 
and and possibilities of, of what you can do with with Nostra. Um, it's not even it's really not a a grand. There's, there's nothing technologically groundbreaking. It's really just just Fiat Jeff just put it together in the right way, and it's like here it is, like kind of um, kind of like Bitcoin, like like sort of like there was Bitcoin yeah, still. Oh, sorry, I I cut you off. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, Bitcoin is still technically much more interesting than, than Nostra because it's like the concept of um, uh, so proof of work was that already existed, but combining proof of work with um, uh, with a block time, that's what made that's what made Bitcoin like really new, like a really new thing. Um, to solve the double spending problem, right? It's like, uh, that was the novel use of proof of work. Uh, and that was, I mean, yeah, I guess it's not, it's also not like crazy techno- technical breakthrough, but it's still like a, a pretty serious and, and also like cryptographically, like I'm not a cryptographer, but like, but like cryptographically, like that's a, it was a pretty hardcore thing to do. Whereas Nostra is like very simple. It's just, it's really just like having the wisdom to see that you actually only need something this simple. <laughs> that was the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I see what you said. What, what I kind of meant was, um, it's sort of you, you hear people talk about Bitcoin being, um, in some sense, elegant in its simplicity. Not that, not that it was a easy thing to achieve uh obviously obviously not or someone else would have done it before satoshi um but um i think to a lot of people even okay i've I've heard like someone for example like adam back right who you mentioned proof of work um he was the the guy that um is sort of credited uh there is some debate about this but he was the guy that's credited with uh you know inventing proof of work and he was mentioned in the white paper the bitcoin white paper um but he talks about um yeah, they're, they're kind of like the way that um, everyone was like talking about uh, decentralized money uh, and these kind of concepts way before Bitcoin was invented. And it was like something just, he just put the right, Satoshi just put the right parts together at the right time. Uh, and, it, and it took off. He, he, he made um, compromises or trade-offs that maybe other people hadn't seen, other people hadn't foreseen. But then once... I think the way he explains it is once he saw it, it was simple. And that it was kind of a surprise, like, oh, okay, we just do it this way. And people really seem to, it, it, it's taken off. And so that's kind of what I meant by um, sort of like, it, it's, it's simple. Not that, the, like you said, the technology wasn't, wasn't um, you know, like breakthrough. It wasn't, it, obviously it's a, it's a massive accomplishment. Um, but yeah, it, it was sort of, um, it was, it maybe shocked a couple of people that they were working on this problem since like the eighties and then Satoshi just fit these parts together that were kind of already existing that maybe people had talked about in forums and on online. Um, so, um, yeah, well, so while we're on, on the topic of, um, Bitcoin, uh, and, and you mentioned these relays is, is a relay, uh, similar to a node. So for people that are familiar with Bitcoin, um, is that is that like a is that a good uh way to look at it is is a relay like a node 
Um, so a Bitcoin node has state, right? Internal state, which is the current state of the blockchain. Um, and then you update that state with signed messages, which is your UTXOs. So, um, so a NOSTA relay doesn't have any state or it has state, but not, not that kind of state. Um, uh, it doesn't need any, there's no consensus, right? So Bitcoin state is, 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 uh, there's a consensus over the, over the current state of the network or the current state of, of the UTXO set. And, um, NOSTA doesn't have anything like that. NOSTA has no, there's no agreement on what the current state is. And there's no agreement on what, what data exists or doesn't exist. It's purely up to the individual relay to decide like what messages to keep and what not to keep. And, and so like every relay can have different policies about that. So for right now, for example, there are, there are now like paid relays coming up, um, where like they only keep messages if you pay them. Um, and then, and then other relays will only store messages if your identity has, uh, like, like an associated, uh, username with it, um, which is, which is, uh, it's, a, it's called a NIP5 identity. Um, uh, so like, that's like a, um, it's like metadata about your public key, uh, that you can set. Yeah. So, uh, so some relays will only store your messages if you've set some metadata about your public key to show that like, cause that's a little bit more difficult than just generating a public key. You actually need to like add some extra information in there. Uh, and then still there's, there's another way, which is like, um, you can associate your public key with a DNS domain name. Um, which proves that you've done something on that domain name to, to, to put your pub, put your um, public key uh, in there. And um, so that's an extra, that's like a harder step, more difficult step again. Um, so some relays will only store your message if you've done that. Um, so there's all these different different mechanisms by which relays will decide whether, to, whether or not to store your message and also whether or not to reply to a request to send your message back out again, right? So, um, um, some relays will do like spam, spam filtering, um, before they'll send the messages out. Um, usually they're paid relays that, that do that. Um, um, but yeah, so the relays themselves are like the sky is the limit of what, what you can do there with a relay. Um, but essentially all they're doing is, is receiving messages and then sending them back out again upon request. Um, but yeah, that the heuristics for deciding like what messages to, to store and what not to store, that's up to the relay. So there's no, there's no global state and there's no global, there's no like, like Twitter has a global Twitter feed, right? Of all the messages. Nostra doesn't have that because every relay is different. Okay. Um, and that, that, I think that's an interesting, uh, thing maybe to talk about. So, uh, you mentioned spam filtering, um, I I had heard about these these private relays and one of the reasons for them uh is is spam right and you just mentioned Twitter and as we know uh there's a has a, a problem on on Twitter with spam and bots and things in fact there's a problem on the internet right it's just a it's a kind of a battle we have to fight constantly uh and so one of the ways that uh private relays were explained to me is that they are useful 
because you uh, incur a cost, just like in the same way Bitcoin has the proof of work system, which proof of work was originally intended to uh, fight back against spam, uh, email spam. Uh, and so in the same way, uh, these private relays essentially are making you um, pay to use them because it's, uh, you know, it's not cost effective for a bot then basically like if you have to pay ten dollars a month um you can't really run any bot so you can't spam or if you have to pay for uh, you know a very small amount let's say you have to pay you know half a penny half a cent um for each message right that's fine when it's one message but if you're trying to if you're using a bot to spam ten thousand messages a day then you're gonna you know it's gonna be get pretty costly pretty quick so that's one of the advantages i think um, it's also like a fundamental shift. You have to kind of, um, like we were talking about public and private keys um, and like, you know, what what's the way to view them? Uh, is is there something that's analogous in, in the world uh, today? You know, something that, that people, gen generally people would understand. Um, and I think uh, that's one of the the concepts, this this kind of concept of, of spam and, and like paid access or proof of work um i think people are maybe in some ways put off by it in the same way that they are with bitcoin like the, you know because people look at the the existing examples like um paypal or venmo or whatever you know and they and they they see that you can sort of transact for for free essentially it appears that way it, you know depending on whether you're a, a vendor or a merchant or whatever maybe you incur a cost or you, you know there's like a like a if you're using you know visa or whatever they, they they charge you for for using that service it's just a a, a small percentage but that's where they, they make a lot of money um but you kind of have to wrap your head around this uh because we're so used to this like freemium model you know like that where basic but it's not free because they're selling your data essentially and and putting ads in front of your face uh, and doing all sorts of weird things with you they're benefiting from your data basically like facebook are doing experiments they're doing social experiments they're doing social engineering they just try things on people you know whenever they please oh let's just like screw with politics let's see let's like change the way that people interact or the way or like let's see if we can like alter people's emotions if we like change the mm -hmm. you know it's not i'm not necessarily it's, it's all nefarious um but anyway, the point being that they kind of they own your data, they can do what they, they want with it, uh, and then they use your data to do all sorts of things that you're unaware of. That's the the point I'm trying to make. Um, and so this this other way of viewing things is uh, essentially that you're you're paying for the service, and I think that might put some people off. Um, if we're talking about like Bitcoin with the the transaction cost, or if we're talking about uh, a private relay, um. But I think that's the the reason that that might be people might be put off is because we're so used to this viewing things as if they're free because it's not true that you're not you know paying like if we're talking about like actually giving Facebook money you don't pay to use Facebook but you do have to give up something of yours that is valuable so in a mm. sense you that that's how to look at it you are paying for it. And so, yeah, I, th I think maybe that's just an important kind of concept to wrap your head around. You have to, you have to kind of understand that um, the existing system isn't free, and and you, you, what you're paying for here is is a service essentially. Um, like if you're paying for a relay, it's because 
maybe they provide um maybe it's a faster relay right maybe it's um or, or the the filtering spam out for you um there could be a number of things which i'm sure you know things that you you would know better than i do um so just just to uh i guess to move on to uh, another question um what kind of challenges uh, do you think Nostra faces in terms of uh, adoption and scaling? Because we're talking about these private relays and how, you know, anyone can run a relay and there's these all these relays out there and you can just move to each one. Um, are there any issues with scaling? Like, where, do, where do, is there a limitation to Nostra? Is, is, is there a limitation to the amount of relays you can have? Uh, is there a limitation to the amount of relays you can you know join or, or like be part of that's a yeah that's a good question because uh we've just went through like a period of like a, a, a like a hefty amount of spam hit the network um and that's that was what pushed people over to the paid relays basically um so the core issue which is now being solved uh, i think is that um like you can publish your events to any relay that you choose, right? But then I can only see them if I'm listening to those relays. So like what relays should I be listening to and what relays should you be publishing to? And that's actually the thing. Like there are right now, they're around like there's over a thousand relays. You can't publish to a thousand relays. You, I mean, just technically speaking, like a browser or a client side app, like it, they can't ha they you can't open a thousand WebSocket connect connections and then publish to them all um, with everything you do, um, and then you also can't do that in reverse and subscribe to them all. Um, and even if you could, that would just be like, I mean, I, I don't see how that would that would cause so many other problems. So like, that's not a scale. That's not a that's not a viable. That would there'll be no point in Nostra if that's how we, if that was the only way. So. So the problem has been like, how do you know what relays to use? Um, which basically means, how do I know what relays the people who I want to follow, how do I know what relays they are using? So there's this new uh, Nostra improvement possibility. They're called NIPS, which is like a Bitcoin um, improvement protocol, uh, the BIP process, um, but for Nostra. Um, and, um, there's one called this one that's um, NIP fifty seven, um, which, which is like really interesting. That's that's this is how we solve this problem, and and a lot of clients are now implementing this. So basically, like you publish your your list of relays, um, and I need to get that list from somewhere. But once I have it, um, I know where to follow you. I know which relays to follow you on. Um, and you, you can update that list whenever, like if some relay blacklist you or something cool, like you add, add some more relays to it or whatever, change your relays around, or maybe you just run your own relay, your own personal relay in the cloud. And that's the only one you publish to. And so if I want to follow you, that's where I get your events from. Um, so like these kind of, the architecture right now is like, is being figured out in real time through a process of being like attacked basically like the network gets attacked with spam or, or whatever and then 
people figure out a way to deal with it. And then we come up with like these solutions like NIP57. Um, it's really become like a a living system or a an anti-fragile system at this point, I think. that's This is why I, I think it's like game over for for all these other systems, all these other social social network systems. Um, well, that's one of the reasons anyway. <laughs> um, the other reason is, um, so you touched on this a little bit before with um, what you just mentioned, but like, like, do you remember um, MySpace? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, it's like they basically were unaware of the fact that no matter what social credit, uh, social media platform you're using, at the end of the day, the community owns that platform, not the actual company behind it. And as soon as they forget that, they get wiped out. And that's what happened with MySpace. And that's how Facebook got them. And now Facebook and Twitter, they've forgotten that. They've forgotten that. But Nostal will never forget that because they never controlled anything to start with. The user has controlled it from the beginning. So all the development is driven from the user side. Um, so that that's that's that lesson is baked into Nostal, which is why. Um, and that's the first time I've I've seen that. Um, in in this type of system, in this type of like social media system, um, like Mastodon and all these other things, like they they haven't. That's not baked into those systems at all um so like they can always fall prey to like a relay operator um getting a bit like political or whatever and banning people it's like well but you don't own that's just like they've forgotten the lesson that they don't own the community the community owns them <laughs> so unchecked governments have eradicated privacy and truth those who resist are brought down swiftly, but we refuse to submit. Unipunks are freedom fighters, protected by encrypted shadows. The future we're building is sovereign and uncensorable. The moonlit night is coming. LunarDAO is an investment fund based on Lunapunk philosophy. Sovereign individuals assemble squad wealth to leverage collective strength, become investors, and allocate funds into privacy projects and anonymity tooling, building a portfolio of supported privacy assets. By this, LunarDAO supports the developing teams, expands freedom and crypto sovereignty, and captures value in the upcoming privacy cycle. Any member can exit the squad at any time. Members are anonymous, hence can build LunarPunk vision without fear of frozen funds, legal implications, or any kind of repression. LunarDAO aims to move to a full Anon setup and expand the LunarPunk forest of encryption, a sanctuary where society can redefine itself, self-administrate and regain its economic, political, and moral agency. LunarDAO also supports research on privacy technologies, listed in the wiki at wiki.lunardao.net, and educational structures such as Adalin Academy, at adalinacademy.org, where people can acquire knowledge and master skills in programming and economy while developing a philosophical frame to generate the future path of the LunarPunk ecosystem. The launch is coming soon. Stay tuned and follow LunarPunk Squad on Twitter.
Yeah, I'm not, that's, I, and I, I love that um, kind of process in, in the, these kinds of ecosystems like, um, you know, like cryptocurrencies or decentralized social media, uh, open source software. Because um, you mentioned the, the, uh, the NIP and how that's similar to, to Bit, Bitcoin improvement uh, proposal. Um, and I guess I was, I was wondering uh, if maybe you could explain just a, a little bit about that process because you mentioned NIP a few times um, and I'm sure people that know about Bitcoin already already know what a BIP is, I would imagine. Um, but uh, like you were talking about how it's owned by the community, it relates to that. I think NIPs, like I think it'd be interesting for people to maybe understand a little bit about um, how it is so that it's owned by the community. Like how are we able to contribute uh you know and how is that different to you mentioned like like twitter right so um you know we've seen recently for example right um i think elon has pushed a lot of people to uh you know things like noster and mastodon um because you know i think from my perspective even the people that were you know wanted elon to buy twitter right the elon fanboys they love elon they love everything elon does it's great you know um and he's going to make twitter the best thing ever um but what happened um was that he kind of didn't um uh he, he didn't stick to to what he promised right like he was like oh i'm going to make it free and we're going to bring everyone back and then he selectively chose who he wanted to bring back uh the reasons we're not really sure of but i'm pretty sure some of it's to do with money and and advertising revenue uh, because the advertisers weren't that happy about him letting certain people back on the platform. But he'd promised uh, that, that he was going to let all these people back on and Twitter was going to be free speech and all this kind of stuff. And then we saw what really happens when a, you know, quote unquote, dictator or central authority uh, is, is in charge, right? Um, because you could argue that it's actually more centralized, right? Like Elon's like calling the shots now. And, and yeah, there was a CEO before, but it was a little more relaxed, right? It's pretty obvious that Elon's at the top of the hierarchy. Um, and so I think people have recently realized, oh, this is the danger of centralized systems because no one ever realized it before. Everything was was fine on Twitter. Yeah, there was some, you know, people were talking about censorship and, um, you know, how they've been banning people and, you know, the the, the guidelines or, you know, the terms. Um, and, and it had always been seen as a bit unfair. Um, but I think now Elon's really made it clear, you know, it's it's um it, it's it's really hard to deny now because you can see it in real time. Um and, and he's sort of like um it because he promised it, if if he hadn't just said anything, if he did just shut up and not said, Oh, I'm gonna do this, this, and this and this, um, then maybe he would have got away with it. But I really think uh, he's actually done decentralized social media a massive favor because he's he's just made it so obvious what the dangers are of having everything centralized and having it all all the control and the power of one person um and so yeah i think to, to get to the question i think um that also relates to the nips a little bit right because it's like well it's owned by you you're the community you can contribute it's not just oh i'm the guy that makes noster and therefore what i say goes um so could you could you explain maybe a little bit about nips and and how how the community gets involved and how they can contribute. Mm. So, so I'd say we, we have to separate a couple of issues. One is like the, the NIP process, but also 
that's not how i mean the the fact that it's owned by the community is a separate issue to the nip process so the nip like you're sure anyone can contribute a nip and whatever right but i mean like social uh, um uh, uh, open source projects are always always like that like anyone can contribute and there are maintainers and, and whatever and it's like there are so many systems where it's like oh it's open anyone can contribute but then you find out actually not really um um so like with nips um so there's a, the key difference between a, a nip and a bip is with bitcoin it's like a you need you need you really need upfront agreement from everyone before you can uh put before you can implement a nip into bitcoin um because everyone's got to come to consensus over the same thing uh, with nosta you don't need that so a bip is a is bitcoin improvement uh what's the what's the word i got a mental blank uh bitcoin improvement Oh, proposal. Propo proposal, proposal. Yeah, yeah. So, but a, a NIP is a NOSTA improvement possibility. So they're different in that in that way, um, as like exactly as you'd expect. So a NIP, um, like in order for a NIP to really be taken seriously, it needs to be, uh, you can propose something, but it's like, where is it implemented? Who's implemented it? And where is it being used? Because you can implement stuff immediately in Nostr. Um, like if you want a, a new a NIP that's relevant to relays, um, like a way for relays to handle messages in a specific way or, or something. Um, well, you can implement that right. You can implement that right now. You don't need you don't need permission from anyone, and you can use it right now. And then other people can use it and, and see how it goes. Uh, the same as like on on like a client, like you can you can propose a NIP. Um, to do something on, on the client side, like um, a way to handle lightning payments or whatever. Uh, okay, propose the possibility um, and then implement it somewhere and, and show us how it works. And then it will get taken seriously, right? And then, so NIPs are generally not merged into the, the GitHub repo uh, unless they're implemented. Um, like at least like twice in two two different projects, um, because in the, in the early days it was like just implement it in one project or just have a proof of concept, um, but the bar is raised now because there's like so many nips, so like, um, so now it's like okay, the, like let's see a few people implement see this it working across we... multiple domains. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I see that's yeah. that's useful. Yeah, um, but there's no sort of roadblock to doing that um there's no you don't need you don't the really app, need you don't you need, don't need the like, app store's permission to to put the <laughs> the whatever the friggin extension is for or you know in the same way android you have an apk you've got to get it on android's a little more open but maybe uh, you know the iphone's a better example yeah. like you if you want to tinker if you want to make an app uh, and you want to put you, you can do that right you can you can get the ios dev tools or whatever and you can create stuff but you can't put it out to the public and test it you, you know mm. you don't have that permission you have to ask apple's permission to be able to release that to public uh yeah so the i would think in terms of the value of experimentation adaptation evolution you know how fast these things can move how 
how fast other people can contribute. You can get a, um, you know, like a prototype out there and you can get feedback and it can, and it can adapt and evolve in, in its extremely, uh, you know, like quick way uh, in, in comparison to the, you know, old or traditional existing paradigms of like, you know, the Apple App Store or the Windows Store or, you know, any, any of these kind of things. Um, so I think that's that's like a really cool side of this whole ecosystem. Like like as you say, you, you know, you can you can just build whenever you want. You don't have to ask anyone for permission. Um and it's not just about it's not just about like permission. It's not this kind of oh screw the authorities kind of thing. We want it it's it is about that but <laughs> in a sense, but it's the 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 main I think the main benefit of that permissionlessness or the, or the idea that you can just build on it and you can create your own thing is that it actually advances the tech faster. It, the, the problem with the, the permissioned models is that it's slow. It's bureaucratic. It's actually a bad way to make things. Not, not always. Obviously, there are places for centralized services and, you know, proprietary software or whatever. I guess there's a debate about that as well. If you, you know, some people think, Everything should be open source, um, but uh, or, or Libra open source. I think that's is it Libra free. I think uh, um, yeah. that's that's the distinction. Um, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> but um, yeah, to me that's that's what stands out. Like I, I love the fact that anyone can just you know build upon these these systems, um, but I think maybe more important is the way that that makes the systems evolve. I think like people yes. don't realize like how much innovation is is um kind of like spurred on just by the underlying foundations of the technology. When you build it in this other like weird closed off way, like it it just it just doesn't have that um like it, like you say like emergent property. It's almost like a, it's like evolution, right? It's not mm-hmm. this. So if you imagine this centralized proprietary software kind of way, it's very linear. It's very focused, right? You just have this like narrow lane. Whereas if you imagine like the process of evolution, this is kind of how like decentralized and open source uh, things kind of work. It, it's it's almost like like a mesh and there's, you know, things coming in from the side. And um, maybe this is a bit hard to understand why I'm trying to do sort of hand movements. But if you can imagine just for the audience, you know, the, the, the proprietary software and these permission systems are very narrow. Um, Whereas uh, if you imagine like the process of evolution where there's, you know, millions of complex interactions all creating this thing in an organic way, like that to me is really cool, you know, conceptually. Uh, And I actually just think it's a better model. It's just a better model. So I'll I'll tell you you a a way to think about it. Um, uh, So there there are two, this is a made up story, but there were two engineers and they wanted to build a bridge across a river, and like there's a town, on, there's a town on each side of the river. So this this one engineer spent like five years designing the perfect bridge and everything, but he built it like slightly too far. Like this, he he built this perfect bridge, um, but no one used it. And he was like, "Why is no one using it?" And then he walked up up the river like a few kilometers and found like another bridge which was just like hobbled together out of like random bits and pieces, but everyone's using it. This is full of traffic all the time. Um, 
And he asked the engineer behind that bridge, like, how how did you get everyone to use this piece of shit bridge, basically? And the guy's like, well, I just threw a rope across the river first, and then we just put a pulley on it, and people could send goods across. And then that gained traction, and then so we put another rope, and then another rope, and then we added, like, some slats to it so people could walk across, and then, like, it just kept getting bigger and bigger, right? So, like, it's just a... It's like you need the freedom to be able to do that kind of thing. You can't mm-hmm. just, you can't have to be, you can't, if you if you need to be perfect as soon as you release something, no one's ever going to use it. Uh, unless yeah, you're, that's... yeah. And because you're not accurate, your solution is not accurate. It's not in the right place. Um, yeah. So that's... it's like, I think, yeah, it's, it's the way humans solve problems is we pile problems and solutions on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And and combine them together, and like, yeah, that's. I mean, you understand this obviously from what you just said, but like, I just, I just you know, I wanted to say that a different way of thinking about it. Or, or no, that was that was that was great. I, 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 love, yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, well, while we're on this, I think this is a good could be a good segue into um, other use cases. Um, so we're talking about how it's you know organic and people can build on top of it and, and things like that. You mentioned like the simplicity of it earlier on. Um, as far as I'm aware, um, because this is kind of open to people, um, that it, it means that it doesn't have to only be used for you know a Twitter alternative, right? Um, it can be used for many things. One of the examples that I heard uh, was someone built a chess engine on top of Nostra. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm interested, I guess, in in other examples of things that are built on Nostra that maybe aren't specifically um, social media related. Um, and just just before you answer, I, I kind of want to just kind of go back to basics. I just I just thought of this, um, and maybe this is helpful to people uh, because I really do want to sort of hammer in like what the difference is and why it's useful to people. So. I talked earlier about, you know, you carrying your data with you, sort of like it's your data, you're able to move to different platforms, but have retain a kind of persistent identity or a persistent profile. Um, in a simple way of looking at it, uh, and this is for the audience, just, just think about, guys, think about, um, imagine you had your Twitter profile, right? You've set it up, you like your bio, you like your profile picture, you know, all the connections you have, stuff like that. And, um, I'm not just talking specifically about Nostra because I know there are there are certain things in Nostra that might not be the same as other decentralized social media. You know, we've got things like Lens Protocol. Um, like they they have a kind of a similar thing. You can take your your data with you, or your, your like this persistent identity. Um, imagine if you didn't like Twitter, you didn't like the home feed. There's ten other Twitters out there, right? At more, but just 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 for the sake of this this little bit of conversation, right? Imagine, guys, if you didn't like Twitter, you didn't like the feed, you just didn't like how the messaging side of it operated, you didn't like the font it used, you didn't like the speed, the reliability of it, you didn't like the algorithm. Uh, what Maybe your feed is filled with political nonsense, right? Not even smart stuff, not even people like actually figuring things out, just like, oh, you're a left-wing this, you're a right-wing that, da, 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 right? Maybe you don't like the way that the algorithm's sucking you in and, and like, you know, like feeding you this poison. You know what you can do? You can just take your profile, move it onto another platform, 
That's you it. don't even need to. Uh, you don't even need to take it and move it. Well, yeah, it's exactly. Already, it already exists yeah. on the other one. Yeah, it already exists there. So, and so also, the- you can you can still follow everyone you were following before mm-hmm. from the what people that you wanted to follow on the new one as well, because it's all there as well. So, so imagine you can pick how and choose. Imagine how powerful that is, guys. Like, imagine, like, like you said, you can pick and choose, right? If you're not happy with it, you can go somewhere else. You have options, right? But you, you. In the same way that if there was like 10 different Twitter apps, right, you don't lose what you've already built up. It's not a case of, oh, I have to make another login and I have to do this and I have to go through two-step verification. Oh, no, well, I've already signed my mobile up. You know, this number's SMS, you know, this number's already registered with this thing. And it's not all these like limitations and barriers to entry. You, you can just use something else. And that's what's beautiful about it. Like the the um the the variety essentially you know you, you're free to choose something that works better you're not stuck and in fact build your own if you're like interested in in programming and you think you can make a better one you can do that and no one can stop you um so anyway to get get back to the question um yeah what, oh, what and, the- and I'll, I'll add one more thing to yeah. what you just mentioned which is that you not only don't need to sign up again or anything um your followers don't even know need to know whether what one what version of Twitter in this example you're using, like they don't even care which one you're using. They can see you wherever you go. And is this not this goes back to the 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 beauty of the that you mentioned? It's like the simplicity, right? That that it's simple, and so these things can interact with each other in this very fluid way. Um, like you say, it's not like it's like oh the Twitter API is not backwards compatible with X Y and Z, and so therefore you know it's not possible to do these things it's like these things are easily able to be sort of um parts are interchangeable you know things are interchangeable and 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 that's due to the simplicity of the system itself because the because once you start building all this complexity on top of it then you have to as you were saying like you have to think about different version numbers then you maybe even like different hardware and like different operating systems and it just becomes an absolute mess um, and the only way to solve that is just through a central authority that dictates everything. That's why, despite you know how kind of crappy the whole Apple ecosystem is, the one thing you can say about them uh, is that the locking down of the software uh, and and the way that they you know have have also have like a lockdown on the the hardware makes it easier for them to streamline things it makes it easy for them to control the process um so you know as opposed to like android right you've got to make sure that the the latest os update works on 2000 devices you know what i mean whereas apple they have to worry about three you know what i mean they don't have to worry about backwards compatibility or not working with this api because they have everything all contained they own everything um and so while that is a but benefit, they still, they still can't even get that right half the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and and in fact, they do get it right, but they make you pay for it. It's like, oh, well, we've got this solution, but you need to buy the Apple speaker to do it, and you need to buy the. It only works if you buy Apple stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great that it all connects together, but you can only buy Apple stuff. You can only pay them money. Is all the money's going into their pockets? Um, but yeah, anyway, just to go get back to the question. Um, so, other other uses? What are there any interesting uses you've um, you've seen of Nostra that's not you know typically social media? Yep. 
So <clears throat> the most crazy and most interesting use I've seen of it is to create a decentralized organization. Mm. Um, and this is something I saw a while ago and ha haven't really done much with it, although I have contributed a little bit to it. Um, but this is the most ambitious thing um, that I've seen done of Noster. And it's like combining Noster and Bitcoin together into a, uh, into a decentralized organization. Um, it's basically just using um, that peer-to-peer -peer or pseudo peer-to-peer -peer aspect of Noster. Uh, so then like, uh, it's like, it's, you can imagine, you can think of it like a, like a, like, you know, how Bitcoin's a state machine where you update the state by sending transactions. Um, uh, and then the miners, um, you know, do their thing. Um, so this is like the same thing, except that it's using Noster events, um, to update a state, update a state machine, uh, uh, which is, which is like the, um, the uh, tra tracking tracking the current state of a, a decentralized organization. Um, so like, yeah, I think I haven't really totally, I'm not the best person to to talk about it because I haven't completely wrapped my head around it, but it's it's the most insane thing built on Nostra. Yeah, that's, and it would really show you that like, it's not just social media or, or, or anything like that. So um yeah I guess I'll um yeah the name of the name of it is um Stakistan but I cuz I can send you a link or something um for show notes Yeah but Stakistan yeah Stakistan so okay, it's like, yeah, it's we like could, we'll we'll yeah. put that in the description um but don't, cool. don't um, yeah it's it's very early it's very early it's a very it's a very it's a very it's broken most of the time but it just shows you the potential Proof of concept. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. We like experimentation. Um, so I guess um, what advice uh, or where would you direct someone, uh, you know, that's interested in getting involved? Um, where where would you point them to? For, like, like, what's the easiest way for someone to just learn about, about NOSTA? Um, <clears throat> I would say it depends why they want to learn about it so mm -hmm. for a for a developer i'd say just go to the firstly just go to the protocol specification on github uh, if you just google for nostr github you'll you'll find that um and then if if, if you're more like a, a user um well if you've got an iphone the the best clients uh, i don't have an iphone or anything but um the best client on, on iphone is called damus um and then on Android, I use one called Amethyst. Um, there's there's a really there's a really nice client called Coracle, which is Coracle.social. Uh, it's a web web client. Uh, there's also uh, Nostr.band. So it's Nostr.band. Uh, band band like music band, um, uh, and that gives you like a. A, a really nice overview of the activity on Nostr, like the current activity on Nostr, and it'll show you like the top, the the newest users and like what they're saying, like the top, the top, the most followed people and all this kind of stuff. It's like, it's really cool. I, I, I kind of like that one. Um, there's to have a look at all the relays. There's 
Nostr.watch. Um, um, but yeah, be because of the decentralized na nature, there's no really, there's no one place to go. Or you could, you could probably go to like Nostr Awesome, which is a GitHub repo, which is like, like, you know, every project has a dash awesome Git repo, which tracks all the cool projects in it. Um, that's, that's also good. Like you just search for Nostr dash awesome. Oh, no, it's awesome Nostr. Sorry. Awesome dash Nostr. Um, that's just like every, every new programming language or every new project. Um, that a, a, that involve a lot of developers, like they always, someone always makes like a awesome dash blah, right? Like, um, uh, and actually the guy who, who created Nostra, he, he created, uh, awesome lightning, which is just a list of all the cool lightning projects, all the cool ways to use lightning. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, there's no real <laughs> Google. Google for it, Google for Nostr and see what comes up. Because <laughs> also this stuff changes like on a weekly basis. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, these are the things like we're saying, there's been a couple of things, but these are sort of like the things you need to wrap your head around if you're someone that's used to the old models. Um, mm. As you're saying, it's like, it's not centralized. So it's not, you don't just go to apple.com, right? Um, which actually makes it better because maybe apple.com, whoever writes the articles on there isn't that good at explaining things maybe it doesn't explain it in a way that relates to you maybe mm. maybe it doesn't even have the language that you understand but with decentralization with the with things like nostr um because it's a because it has global access uh because anyone can can use it um that allows people to create their own alternative uh forums and and blogs and um you know guides and things uh, and they can translate them into whatever language they want. They can make them as short or as long as they want. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like a conceptual uh, override or shift, I guess, that people would need to make. As you say, it's not, it's not like you can just point to one place. Uh, and that maybe uh, sounds um, maybe a little daunting for the average person because, again, they're used to just going to apple.com or google.com or facebook.com slash support forum or whatever you know um but uh once you actually get get into this kind of stuff and you, you shift your mindset you realize actually how powerful it is and how much of a better way to do things it is um um and, but and just to to maybe we, we could finish on this um you did mention lightning uh and i, I recently came across uh nosta zaps the other day um and it's also obviously another use case for nosta it's another way to use it um Maybe, maybe could you explain like how um, you can use things like Bitcoin or Lightning um, alongside uh, uh, Nostra, um, and yeah, how how is that like different to to things like Twitter? Because they've been, you know, you can do like tipping and things on Twitter, um, and I think you can like link your Venmo if you're in the US. Um, but uh, obviously, Nostra again, it's it's open an open ecosystem. Um, so I imagine, I would actually imagine it's not just Bitcoin that you can use to build on top or integrate into Nostra. Can you use other things? You you mean other other cryptocurrency? Yeah, Ethereum, things. Solana, or what you, you know, whatever it is. You could, but I, I think yeah. So Nostra is a very Bitcoin centric community, um, and that's I would say because. Um, well, it's, it's full of people who understand Bitcoin, um, which means 
once you understand the the um so like so like this is often a tangent but so like ethereum as an example um uh is not going to let you do anything that a, that a large government doesn't want you to do they have to yield to the state so they're under the state uh, under, under state control um so in my view like there's no real benefit to that over like a, a central bank digital currency which has the same thing like a Turing complete contract platform on, on a CBDC yeah because yeah. why wait because you've got to trust you're, you're trusting a cent with ethereum you're trusting a central authority um uh so why why wouldn't you just go for the most powerful central authority if you're going to do that um so um um so big bitcoin was designed from the ground up with the state as the adversary in mind so it's built to fight a state that's what it's for it's for people who don't want to comply with the state whereas ethereum or any of these other ones um they're not built with that in mind at all um um they're not capable of standing up to a state actor uh so people in nostra are generally bitcoin people they understand that that's why we have bitcoin that's what bitcoin's for and that's what nostra is for as well because we don't like the current system um so i mean there's not much point in integrating like ethereum with nostra because well we're not interested in being part of the current system um <laughs> Uh, so that's why light, Lightning has been um, widely adopted within NOSTA, within the, the NOSTA development community, and everyone's implementing Lightning stuff. Um, so with Zaps, Zaps are like, uh, so Lightning itself is, is payment channels, which is like a a whole other a whole other topic, um, um, which I can actually introduce it. If you want to talk about Lightning, I can introduce it to someone who can really, really like give you a great um conversation about that um yeah that would be great yeah, yeah but um but um essentially um uh lightning is just a, a much faster way to tr a much cheaper faster way more efficient way to transact um bitcoin um uh and, and you only need to, need to settle it on chain like at, at certain times when you under a certain trust model um so uh with lightning what what you do is you <clears throat> lightning is 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 based on like invoices so you you generate an invoice and someone pays it um so a zap is like you, you are when you zap someone with lightning on Noster, you're uh contacting their lightning server um to ask it to generate an invoice for you with the amount that you want to zap them with and then you send that that to them uh and then that that the, their their side like the, the person you are sending it to will like um also like verify that they've received it uh so then everyone everyone can and you you trust people trust it like if i say that this guy is up to me like in a um uh the trust model is such that like you know it's good enough that you can see how many how many zaps this guy's received, how many zaps this public key's received. Um, so that's uh, NIP fifty seven. Oh, I, I misspoke earlier in the in the show. It was NIP NIP sixty NIP sixty five is the NIP for um, uh, like finding 
what relays you're you're uh, you're you're using. Okay. Um, yeah, and NIP fifty seven is um, the the NIP for for zaps. Hmm. Um, and it's a relatively straightforward NIP to read, actually. So um, yeah, if someone's interested in like, but you kind of need to understand a little bit about Lightning. But um, yeah, yeah, it's essentially just a way to generate Lightning invoices um, within Nostra clients. It's a standardized way. Um, yeah. So is this used uh, for so like t- for tipping and things like that? I I I don't really like the word tipping, mm-hmm. but um, boosts like to boost your post. Um, why 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 is that? Maybe that's interesting. Why 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 don't you like the word tipping? Because because like because like because makes it feel like you're busking it makes it like yeah something like, like that the, right the like frame, rather... the framework you're in is like rich versus yeah. poor frame is that what kind of how yeah 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 whereas like it's just like well if i see like someone said something cool it's like i want to boost that so other people see it yeah okay and i yeah, do yeah. i do that by i do that by sending real money to boost it so it's not really tipping it's like it's like more fundamentally well, you're giving, uh, the, per- you're giving the person a boost. You you put in uh, resources behind them, right? You're helping them mm, financially. Mm, mm. So you are you are boosting. You give them a little bit. It, that's Ca- a way of looking at it. Yeah, it's a way. It's, yeah, it's a way of looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just really don't like the concept of the 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 the, the mental framework of tipping. Um, but I think boosts are, are way more um, productive. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think I've, we, you know you, you haven't explained that. I think um, I think I agree uh, because well, it was immediate. Obviously, I, I sort of thought of the the busking example, and I was like, yeah, I can see how it is is a little um, maybe derogatory is not the right word, but it, it it's um, I don't know. It has it has it just has a bit of a stinky it's feel something. to it. Yeah, there's something there, right? Like it's like it's not quite right, uh, and that's yeah. not and like the mentality of the of the Nostra community and the lightning community and, and everything is like, we're not, not in that, like, yeah. Like tipping is like, I said feudalist in a way almost, you know, like it's like, yeah, 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 which yeah. is what we're trying to get away from. <laughs> and I, I just yeah. get, I just get like, a, e- e- like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here you go, here you go, here you go, uh, peasant, you know, like here's, here's like a, yeah. a penny for your troubles, you know what I mean? It's that yeah. kind of thing. Um, no, that's that's a really cool. Um, didn't expect to get into that, but that was that was a cool little segue. I, I like that. Um, okay, so so you can you can boost people uh, using Lightning, the Lightning Network, which is uh, sort of um, like a, a, a what do you call it? like alternative rail to do Bitcoin payments on. It's it's um, sometimes I explain like layer ones versus layer two is like train tracks, and you can kind of. You know, the guy in the the little control room does the thing and uh, the track sort of moves and then you jump onto that track and then you can kind of come back on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the, the the track on the right is um, a little faster, a little cleaner. Um, it's a high-speed rail, whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, and so maybe that's a, that's a good, like, uh, mental model for people. Um, okay, well, we're coming up to uh, uh, past the hour mark now. Um uh, so I just want to ask, I guess, where can people find you? Um, in fact, have you? Do you have any? Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Any anything 
either that you've got going on that you would like to promote, um, anything that we missed about Nostra that you think's really important, just any anything you want to talk about. I, w- I want to give you the floor, and you can you can talk about whatever you like. Yeah, I think like the I think the the key thing with Nostra is that, like I said before, like the community owns the owns the system itself so and not not in a abstract way but in a direct way because because everyone owns their own data and can take it do whatever they want with it so everyone is a everything else is a is a service provider competing for that data uh within the, the nostra sort of market um and that's i think that's how it's that's like a reality check like a constant reality check that that developers are getting and node uh like relay operators are getting and um like it's it's like it's it's what it's just what it's that's the guardrails that keeps it on track kind of thing um which i haven't seen in any other um social media network anyway like bitcoin has its own guardrails that keep it on track um which is like which is like um, you can't make changes to the protocol without near unanimous agreement between everyone involved, um, and and also the the people who actually control the Bitcoin protocol are the people who receive Bitcoin in exchange for something else. Like that's the only set of people who have any power within Bitcoin, which is an often overlooked thing. Like that's but that's how it stays on track. It's like if you try and create a Bitcoin fork, um, well, you got to convince people to accept that as payment for something. Otherwise, like that's it. They're going to use the other one. So, <laughs> um, so Nostra's got the same kind of thing, except it is with data, with your data. Um, that's how it keeps it keeps it on track. Uh, and I think that's why, like, you combine that with how quickly things can move because it's because it's so decentralized because it's because there's you don't need because it's so permissionless um like you said it's a it's um evolution right so i mean like this it's it's um extremely powerful i mean look what you evolution have, you have did. to see it to believe it that's <laughs> the thing yeah because when you're outside of it you don't you see you know again back to the you know the, what you what people are used to you see like oh apple the ios version one the, i mean i'm picking on apple here but it's just the best you know it's one of the good things to pick yeah. on and it's an easy example um but you know it's like ios version one ios version two ios version, and there's kind of this like like i was saying like a linear narrow focus um but you have to you know everyone's experienced that so they kind of know how that works right like apple mm. do they do a keynote and they're like yeah we're doing these features it'll be released on this date blah 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 um but yeah i think once you start getting into um open source and and decentralized systems and uh, distributed systems and you know all of the things that come with it um it it's then once it once it sinks in that's when you get like the goosebumps moment and you're like like you said that that word you use powerful you're like wow mm. like like because people don't even know this is possible again because they're so used to the framework of um, and and it's you know not that I'm like I'm not judging people or whatever like I'm sure everyone at some point is in that that framework to some degree or another 
Um, of course, if that's all you're used to, that's all you're going to know. People don't actually know this is out. This stuff's out there. Yeah. Like, you don't know the power that's available to them. Completely. And, like, even, like, so, like, whenever... So, actually, the, the most common thing people ask me who are new to it, uh, this is just <clears throat> probably because the circles... Not my circles exactly, but, like, the, the kind of people who... Um, people ask, like, how do, but how do I invest in this kind of thing? It's like, well, you, like... I don't know, man. You got to figure that one out yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, good luck. (laughs) Build something useful. That's how you invest in it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) And if and that's like a that's like a really good. I think that's like a really good way to keep it clean. It's like build something useful and people will use it. Like, I'm talking specifically about Nostra, but in general, of course, as well. But like, but like, like Twitter and Facebook and all these companies, like they. They get free money, so they get freshly printed money straight from the straight from the money printer, right? And so that means they have all this. I mean, they used to get Elon. I don't think gets that anymore for Twitter, but the previous regime did. And um, so, like, that's how you get all this malinvestment. This is like because money was free. So with Nostra, it's like um, there isn't any free money. It's people building stuff because they want it. And like, if you want to build something, you can't market your way into getting people to use it. You actually have to be better. <laughs> like, which actually is not that difficult right now. It's early. Like you can actually, if you're a half competent developer, you can build something with Nostra and people will fucking use it. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that's yeah. actually on the, you just made me think like, that's a, maybe another point that people, um, like people talk about like, you know, capitalism and, you know, how sort of these, you know, uh, company like twitter or apple or google how these things operate but um ironically in in a weird way um like these models we're talking about are, are actually more ruthless in some ways and more competitive um even though they're like freer and more liberating and more inclusive which is funny it actually has the both extremes it's like way more inclusive way more liberating way more free uh, permissionless, you can change it, adapt it to, to your own uses, do whatever you want with it. It's all, it's in your control. Um, um, but it's also extremely competitive. And it's like, if you, like you said, make something useful, if it's not useful, it's dead, man. It, it's relegated to the recycle bin on GitHub. You know, it's, um, it's like, it and 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 it's so competitive because things are coming out every day every day new people are joining new people are working on it new people are contributing new people are forking etc etc um and I, yeah so i just thought about that it's funny you mentioned that because it is you do actually get kind of both extremes in this world like projects you know they they have a rise and they crash and burn and you actually have to create something that's good not just like capture users and then everyone's like well kind of don't like twitter but it's a ball ache to set up a new profile and move to another thing because my friends aren't there and everything. So a lot of people just use these things because it's just all they have. It's like learned helplessness. It's like, well, what else am I going to use? Everyone's on Twitter. How else am I going to speak to the world? Um, but yeah, with 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 these kind of systems that we're talking about, uh, it's an immense amount of competition. It's like incredibly competitive. You know, there's not there's not like a monopoly in in the in the same sense where it's just like Google creates all the new products that everyone uses, Apple creates the new products, Twitter does the new thing, uh, Meta creates all the products. It's like there's there's millions of small projects, you know, popping up everywhere. Like we talked about the evolution thing, 
Um, and again, you know, that even fits in the evolution analogy. Evolution, like nature's ruthless. Nature doesn't give a yeah. shit. Like, um, I don't know if that's not your thing, you know, maybe that's sort of finishing. Look, if that's not your thing, like it's not an easy, play. it's not, an, they're not, these aren't easy concepts. Um, I would never want to deter people from it. Um, but I would say like, if you're maybe not so, um, kind of like, if if you're not in the kind of mind frame that that uh, works well with this kind of stuff, like if you don't feel comfortable, like maybe, maybe I'm not saying deter people, but like take it easy, learn the basics. It is a lot to wrap your head around. Um, you know, we've talked about private, public keys, improvement protocols. You know, the way that you contribute forks. There's all these these terms and things. Once you get used to it, it it's not so bad. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's also not for everyone. I I, I mean, I can't, I can't say that everyone is going to jive. Some people are going to stay with the centralized models. Some people maybe like proprietary code for whatever reason, you know. I, 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 I'm not too aware of that many reasons, to be fair. But um, no, yeah, I think... Um, it's definitely, it's definitely a little bit of a... There's a learning curve, that's all I'll say. Uh, yeah, there's a learning, a learning curve. But it's, it's actually not that steep, though. And, and I think it's, it's an easier learning curve than Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's a much less scary learning curve than Bitcoin. Uh, and, but it's also like... The really cool thing I like about Nostra is that it's like a gateway to Bitcoin in a way. I think it's going to... Mm -hmm. I think this is like... It's educating people about their public-private key pairs and like how do you deal with that stuff. And then... Because the most you can lose is like your followers or something or well, not even that you probably get them back you know there are ways around that mm -hmm. but like you're not going to lose money so like um it's like it's like an easy it's like a um for a lot of people i think this is like the the zone of proximal development into bitcoin is is through nostra it's it's going to um uh and especially with with lightning like it's really like even for me like I've been on it for years, right? The big Bitcoin, but then for Lightning, it was like I was totally aware of it before. I've used it before, but it was only when I saw like people doing, like combining Lightning with Nostr is like that's the killer thing. Like this is gonna fucking dominate. This is really like this is gonna. It's 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 um. Yeah, the just the raw power behind this, the raw like force of nature. Um, this is going to be very exciting. Awesome. awesome. You're getting me excited. Um, so let's, if, if, if everyone else is excited out there, uh, listening to the podcast, where can they learn more about Nostra? And by that, I mean, uh, explain how people can, can get to you, get to get to your podcast. Um, yeah, just to, just throw, throw the, uh, throw the links out there. Yeah. Uh, my podcast is uh, with myself and BitCarrot um, is nostrovia.org. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Listen to that. Um, I don't think it's that useful. It's really, it's really for other developers. Um, um, I don't know. Because like other pe people have told me that it's interesting to them. Who I, I think it, I think it's so. you're being too humble. I think it's fun, man. It's it's like yeah, of course it's like a bit nerdy and like maybe you have to really want to sort of understand it. But um, you guys joke around, you have a bit of fun, you know. Like I enjoyed listening to it.
so yeah, definitely de- check check out Nostrovia. And um, what what platforms is it available on? Um, uh, oh, I guess all of them. Um, I I tried to submit it to like Apple, and it just I just failed, and I was just like, okay, fuck it, I don't care. Like, there's I'm an RSS. I'm not there feed. yet either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had the same thing. They want, dude. They want me to, and this is this is um, and and we we will end in a set. This is maybe the final point. I won't rant for too long. Um. I, I tried to get uh, this this podcast. And I, I'm still in the process of doing it. I still want to do it because I know that it's it's useful. And um, you know, even if it's only just to pull people away, even if I can just get into Apple to be like, "Hey guys, come over to like Rumble or YouTube or or you know whatever whatever some uh, Bandcamp, you know, or like what whatever yeah. it is." Um, I um. Yeah, I tried to sign up uh, to the. Uh, you have to do like Apple Podcast Connect. Um, yeah. They want you to have an Apple ID. Then they wanted me to verify my phone number, and this was the worst part. This is the hurdle, right? Then and and it's just on principle. This is why I haven't done it. They were like, you need to open up an Apple service, meaning meaning Apple software. It's not like you can go to the do it on the web, right? They want to accept the terms and conditions. There's like a media rights terms and conditions because you're joining the ecosystem and you're putting content out there so it's like you need to accept this media terms thing but the only place you can do that is somewhere like apple music i don't own an iphone um i don't have an apple music subscription uh you can't get to apple music from the web you can sign into the apple store and buy like a mac from apple.com but you can't get to itunes so i have to basically what they're forcing me to do is install itunes just to click a t- check a t- uh a check a checkbox or tick box, <laughs> press agree to terms and conditions, and then I can uninstall it. And then I'm allowed to put my podcast on Apple Podcasts. And, and on principle, I just, hit a, <laughs> I just hit a wall and I was like, I'm not installing iTunes. So I, I went around asking my friends that have Apple and I was like, is there like a backdoor to like iTunes? It's like a web app or something. Is there some portion of the, you know, apple.com that I can go to to get this terms and conditions thing just so I can press agree? So that I can finish the final step of verification, just to put my podcast on there. So yeah, um, screw Apple. If you're listening, yeah, uh, screw you guys. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure, for sure. Um, so, but yeah. I noticed that, like, because um, I published it on, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna move platforms, but I published it on like Anchor, which is like a Anchor.fm, which is like a Spotify thing, and. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and okay, so you can get it on Spotify really easily. Like I use Spotify or cool, whatever. But anyway, um, um, I noticed also because they give you statistics, right? And it's like mm-hmm. I tried to publish on Apple, and no, like fuck off. Uh, same reason for you. And then, um, but then I noticed like actually, it's people are listening through Apple, like in the statistics. It's just like I still oh. have like a hundred hundred listeners who are on Apple. So it's like all right, I don't know how that happened, but. Yeah, it seems Ap- to work. Apple's big. That's that's the one thing that uh, like why I haven't sort of like just just completely disposed of the idea of, of at least trying to get on into their ecosystem because uh, I don't know the facts, I don't know the figures, but I know they have a lot of users and a lot of people listen to podcasts through because it's. Uh, I, I mean, I've never used the software, but I imagine knowing Apple, it's like very simple UI. It's made for like two-year-olds you just go oh i want to listen to that one you know and it's like and it, it works um you know as as remember the old slogan it just works right um yeah but uh 
Yeah, okay, that that's awesome. All right, so um, I will obviously put all the links below um, so you guys yep. can find the Nostrovia podcast. Um, and yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I'd, I'd like to have you back maybe sometime in the future and we can talk about yep. other things if you ever wanted to talk about uh, Bitcoin or or any other kind of like open source projects. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. Um, yeah, do you have any any final last words? No, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I might... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to dive deeper into a few a few of the projects I mentioned. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe in, in the near future, I can give you a, a deep dive on some of them. <laughs> yeah, we could we could talk about the DAOs and, you know, the, or the... the mm, yeah, it yeah. It wasn't autonomous. It was just a decentralized organization. So yeah, maybe yeah. we could talk about that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been Fiat Lux with G Sovereignty from the Nostrovia podcast. Uh, And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.